You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I'm Erin McCart. And I'm Erin McCourt. Welcome back today as we tackle horror noir, history of black horror. Oh my God, this was so fucking good. Yeah, we kind of stumbled upon this after we had to pull the plug for something else, which was Mm -hmm. basically pretty on brand. And (laughs) yeah, we uh, kind of had to narrow down to a couple different things and um, chose this one based on reviews and they weren't wrong. This was an excellent, excellent choice. So this one yep. came out in 2017. I had directed... 2019. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Hmm. It came out sometime in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> Director Xavier Bergen? Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome sauce. But yeah, what is, I mean, I obviously hadn't heard of it and I really enjoyed it. It was not a slog to get through sometimes. Yeah, yeah that second watching. <laughs> sometimes it's a bit of a slog. Yeah. But this one I was like, ooh, the whole time. It was super fun. It was so good. This was mm-hmm. done by Shudder. Mm-hmm. I think you can find it on other things, but Shudder is who produced it. Mm-hmm. Listen, I am a huge horror fan. I have been my entire life. I remember the movie Curtains when I was a kid terrifying me because the mask was terrifying. And I was yes. like second or third grade. Mm-hmm. But that did not deter me from continuing to watch horror. So I loved this perspective because... I'm white, seriously, as the whitest person you'll ever meet. Almost transparent. Practically. Mm -hmm. And so I love to see, to learn and grow as we get older Mm -hmm. and we realize my experiences are not everyone's experiences. There's just a whole different world out there. And so this was just fun. It was educational. I learned about movies I'd never heard about. Yeah. I can't wait to watch. Yes. Yeah. So now I have my coffee, noir, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely things that you can point to that I knew about movies and black people, unfortunately, in movies don't always Mm -hmm. get the best representation. But there's a lot of stuff, a lot of nuance that I didn't realize Mm -hmm. was a thing. And I love the fact that I got a change of perspective today. So, well, when I watch this, we're going to talk about it today. I'm sure that'll, you know, even (laughs) educate me more. But yeah, I think that's what, I don't know, keeps you young, keeps you I don't know. I just, I like to learn. And this was a really good one. I thought for that, like, Oh, something I hadn't even thought was a thing. So, yeah, I unfortunately feel like it took me much too long in life to realize that again, my perspective isn't everyone's. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad that I finally did realize it and I can start learning and growing and trying to be a better person. But well, the conversations are a lot different now too, or at least right. there's the opportunity to have conversations. It's not mm-hmm. somebody else's job to educate me, but I like the fact that when you come to it with an attitude of like, I just, I want to know more. It's not a judgmental attitude. Mm -hmm. That's really, I think what makes the difference is like, help me understand your viewpoint. I'd really like to know more about how you see the world. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so I can, I don't know, be better, find some commonality with people. Right. I mean, that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this whole documentary is based on a book by Robin R. Means Coleman. Mm-hmm. And she is in the documentary as well. She's a lovely woman. Mm-hmm. Can we start with, so this is just discussing African-Americans in horror, not 
films in general, but there are some of that, but mostly There's a just bit of that, yeah. in horror, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know the tropes, the black person dies first, right? The token. Yeah, and that was discussed. That's like, that's pretty standard. I think we've kind of blown that apart that, you know, even that has reached dumb white people like myself. So, yeah. But one of the things that Robin had said early in this documentary was that black history is black horror. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, that hits home, right? That's absolutely true. So they have so many stories to tell that would be terrifying that people have lived through. They're yeah. not monster stories. They're real life stories. Yeah. I like the fact that either it's bad representation or it's no representation. Like, mm-hmm. there's no, like, we didn't really care about accuracy. Not a bit. Mm-mm. No. So they start with Birth of a Nation. Now, I've never seen this movie. It doesn't look like one that I want to see either, to be honest. No, it's but... not great. Right. So they have a white man in blackface playing an African-American character, and he's portrayed the way they want people to see black people at the time. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, kind of crazy, unstable, lusting after white women, mm-hmm. just can't be controlled. And then thankfully the KKK comes in to save the community. <laughs> God, I just... <laughs> so this is a film portrayal of a lynching, which is mm. horrifying. And this was seen as good. This was seen as like, ooh, that's accurate. Mm -hmm. Woodrow Wilson endorsed this. It was one of the first movies shown in the White House. Yeah. So this is the um, KKK solution to the black menace is what Uh. uh, the quote, yeah, that I wrote down from that portion of the documentary. And it's, yeah, I mean, you know, here we see. I mean, this isn't the introduction of the trope of black men after white women, but boy, does that permeate everything. Everything. Well, and okay. So throughout this documentary, they have a lot of people talking about these films. So it's Mm -hmm. not just educators like Robin. Um, There are actors, actresses, directors, producers Mm -hmm. of of some amazing movies. Mm -hmm. But one of the people had said, you know, this was the only source of knowledge that a lot of people had about black people. They didn't live around black people. They didn't work mm-hmm. with them. They didn't see them. So they see this and that's all they have. That's all the information they have to base their idea of what black people are like. That's yeah. horrible. And, you know, for a vast majority of this, these, um, you know, the African-American community wasn't consulted. They didn't really care about. Oh no. You know no. what I mean? Like this is a, this is a racist white person's portrayal of the African-American community Mm-hmm. When did Wilson, when was he in on this? This was in the 30s, 40s, something like that. I think the 30s, yeah. yeah. So, and this was accepted. This was like, oh, that looks great. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> they said it set up black life as deficient and deviant. And yeah. that's what people saw it yeah. as. And then, like you said, any black person was then either background. Mm-hmm. So like a servant or just kind of this comical buffoon right it's bumbling and like yeah just dense really is yeah it's just not oh yeah it's really hard to watch some of that old stuff Mm -hmm. so this is a thing for a while and then you do have some evolutions then in cinema so i have oscar michaud yep that's the one (laughs) was a director and he had a more accurate portrayal so well, he was he was also black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was a black writer and director and producer. Mm-hmm. First African-American to produce a feature length film in 1919. 
and a sound feature-length film in 1931. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to watch these because he portrayed Black life as regular life because that's what they were doing. They were just living and surviving, but no one had seen it. Yeah, so like coming back from a wedding. Yes. Just daily activities. Yeah, they were just everyday moments for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was him, and they also discussed Spencer Williams. Yes. Who was one of the actors in Amos and Andy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people know him as a kind of a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. But he was also a writer and director, and he wrote Son of Ngagi, which right. I think was genius because Ngagi was a movie by a white man. Yes. That told the tale of Africans having sex and procreating with gorilla-like creatures. Yes. Which is appalling. Yes. However, Spencer Williams took that and ran with it, and he made one about, you know, the offspring, as it were. Mm -hmm. And so he portrayed a woman, a black woman, as a scientist. Yes. I will forever love this man for that. Right? He just changed it. He took something that was awful Mm -hmm. and made something great out of it yeah he kind of flipped the script right reinvented a little bit uh, which I really I really enjoyed so then kind of moving a little bit further ahead into the 50s so a lot of the horror films in this age kind of revolve around science and the atomic age and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and this is where we see a lot of gaps in representation for African Americans in these films they kind of look like the monsters that's not great that but, I think so that's interesting to me because yeah. as a white person I never really got that metaphor. Mm-hmm. When someone tells me and I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. They're talking about like King Kong and yes, when you look at it you're like, Okay, I yeah, I agree. I wasn't so looking obvious, at that. Yeah. Mm-mm. But now when somebody's pointing out to me like, Yes, the women are always white and the I mean mm-hmm. it's just other, right? So they yes. they explain that the other so whether it be a robot or a monster or, or an alien. Yeah. Yes. Whatever it is yes. represents everybody that's not white. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a menace and a terror to the white people. Mm-hmm. But there are no actual black people being represented. Right. Like they said, yeah. there's no room for a black person in a lab. Well, the yeah, there's no room for a servant in a lab. So right. like right. none of the black people made it in. And I'm like, oh, that's again. This is, of course, is before our time. So we've probably seen some of these films, but like mm-hmm. we haven't seen all of them. Right. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. But I mean, how crazy to think about that. Why would you want to go and see that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just mm-hmm. it's just not great marketing. And it's one of those things that I I don't think about how important it is to see yourself represented in film or yeah. television or because I am represented. I am represented everywhere. Now, not always well. A lot of times women are represented very poorly as well, but it's very different. And I just, it's, yeah, I'm glad we've come a long way, but it was, it was interesting to see. It is maddening when you see all women portrayed as stupid, gold diggers. Helpless. Or, you know, I mean, like just the worst traits you can imagine, right? Yeah. It is a giant bummer. And you're like, can we not have just one regular, smart, capable woman. Do they not exist? Thank you, Spencer, for giving us a capable, <laughs> beautiful woman scientist. Right? So, yeah. anyway. Anyway. So, in 1968, they release Night of the Living Dead. And 
Dwayne Jones is the African-American protagonist in this, which was a mm-hmm. huge deal, which I was mm-hmm. so excited when I saw them talking about that because we have already covered that in a previous episode mm-hmm. when we were talking about midnight movies and yeah. how they came about and what was so revolutionary in each of them. And this was really fun to see because the documentary we covered before kind of talked about it from a movie perspective. And this is just the same story, different perspective and how excited mm-hmm. people were. I mean, this actor got it. He did it. It was awesome. So he was. And to see a black character who didn't need a white person to save them, who didn't need, he was strong. He was capable. He was saving people. He was killing white zombies and smacking them white people. That's what, yeah. I caught that (laughs) down too. And I was like, (laughs) hilarious. That's right. But I love that they needed this in this day and age. That was right as. Mm hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. had been shot, yes. and there were so many racial issues, riots, beatings, and you see this on the news every day. So this movie shot in black and white, and with mm-hmm. the way the mobs were kind of going about killing the zombies, looked a lot like the news that you're watching. Yeah. And so to see a Black character be strong, be a leader, be a hero, must have been amazing. Yeah, challenging these societal norms and things like that that are portrayed everywhere else. Yeah. You know, really kind of, I mean, made people kind of stop and take notice, right? So it was um, amazing. And also, he dies at the end. Yeah. He dies by a white mob. So. And even that, I think, you know, we talked about the first time that that was how it was written. And they did not change it. You know, they didn't change the story of the protagonist because the actor they chose happened to be African-American. They kept, you know, they kind mm-hmm. of treated it as it was. Right. I love that the story remained the same, right? Yeah. So in the previous documentary that we watched about Midnight Movies, George mm-hmm. Romero was actually being interviewed. And he's like, mm-hmm. listen, we didn't write this character as black. Dwayne came in. He was the best actor. Yes. Dwayne Jones just rocked it. And we couldn't have anyone else, essentially. Right. And then you have people now saying that they had talked to George Romero and he had said the same thing. That's it. Listen, he was just the best person for the role. Mm-hmm. And that's really how life should be, right? But it's rarely that yes. simple. <laughs> yes. And it's sort of like, this is an example of not tweaking anything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it just, it's just nice. It's a nice story to be able to report on at this time when everything else seems mm-hmm. to be completely worked. Right. But once we get into the 70s, that's when we get into the black exploitation films. Mm-hmm. We did discuss that a little bit mm-hmm. in the other episode as well. When we talked about exploitation films in the beginning, I didn't really have a great understanding of what that was. And it's like, mm-hmm. they're just doing everything that they can to bring in the most money possible off of this movie. Mm-hmm. So if it's sex, great. If it's, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you're African-American, they don't care. They mm-hmm. will, you know, and so it's, it's very interesting to see how this went down. They kind of give you some better examples of why they did this, how they did this. But well, man, oh man. So, so many, right? One one of the gentlemen talking in the documentary said, we went from maids to pimps and hoes. Yes. Criminals, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as an actor, I think you probably would be happy to have the part and get paid. Work, yeah. Right? But at the same time, it's like, oh, it feels kind of cringy. So, yeah. Yeah. They talked about Pam Greer, who has an amazing career. Yeah. She's a brilliant actress. And she was in Blackula. And, well, I think she was in Scream, Blackula Scream, mm-hmm. right? Or the, the second one. Mm-hmm. 
but they were talking about how that was the only movie that she was allowed to actually be an actress. The rest of the time, she was just a sex bot or like a, an eye candy kind of situation. Yeah. And yeah. trust me, I mean, she's stunning. Oh, absolutely. But she can also have depth. It's yeah. allowed to be both. She was a historian, right? And they talked a little bit about, you know. In the second movie, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's kind of a, a trope of black women in voodoo. Which may have played a little bit, but she, yeah, she got to have a little bit of um, character development and and the Mm -hmm. things that kind of draw you in. So I like that. Well, let's talk a little bit about, let me get his name. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm -mm. So William Crane, he's actually in this documentary. He was the director of Blackula. Yes. And they also have a black main character, Mm -hmm. William Marshall. Marshall, yeah. Yep. And so... There were other black actors on the film as bit parts, but the rest of the crew was predominantly white, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure was very awkward. (laughs) But he said that this production company, AIP Production, Mm -hmm. they were essentially bankrupt, right? They had no money. They were just making films really cheap, barely putting them out. Mm -hmm. And this movie brought them back Mm -hmm. and it made it did so well. It was the first black horror film Mm -hmm. and to show that they discussed that having a black director and a black actor, look at how much you could do. Right. (laughs) You just let people tell their stories. Right. Right. And it was revolutionary in the fact that so part of it takes place in the 1700s and, you know, the main character is represented in an intelligent way. I mean, like they, Mm -hmm. they say he spoke really well and he was, I don't know, just, it was really nice to see somebody portrayed in that way as yeah as like upper class as elite yes royalty yeah right Mm -hmm. because black people were not represented that way especially if they're represented from the 1700s yes yeah that historical view had always been very much i don't know how subservient yeah this you're right this is difficult to find the right words to, (laughs) to get it across because it's just like you know i don't know how many times i can say like underrepresented or poorly represented yeah like so he had talked about the director talked about getting pushed back just trying to there's like a club scene Mm -hmm. and they had like black couples dancing and white couples dancing and he's like whoa whoa no mix it up yo just everyone mix it up and have black and white couples dancing together and people are like oh you can't do that You got like a lot of pushback for something that simple that today we wouldn't think anything about. I wouldn't think anything about it, but no, I'm sure someone would. But also, the dancing in that scene was so fun to watch. I was like, yes. oh, that is, they are just really getting down, and I love. I think I could have lived well in the seventies. I could have pulled off some of those dance moves. Like now, no, don't ask me. I'll figure it out. <laughs> but back then, I think I'd have been all right. I'd have been all right. That's right. They also show. No, I've never seen Blackula. I, I kind of want to see it, though. I'm definitely going to watch it now. <laughs> yeah. But they show a slow motion scene because he discussed trying to get this camera mm-hmm. on that. But they show the scene. That's terrifying. That was just a clip, a snippet. Is that the one where she runs out of the room like super yes. slow-mo in the makeup? Oh, yeah. so terrifying. Oh, yeah. my God. I can't imagine had you seen that in a movie theater. Yeah. That would have been amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it was gripping. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that part, too. Yep. They talk about Scream, Blackula Scream, which was the sequel, and mm-hmm. we have Pam Greer in it. The novelty is Pam Greer actually saves him. Like, yeah. she's the hero. She mm-hmm. saves them with the voodoo that, in this movie, was a force of good. She was like, she used it to cure his vampirism. 
I believe. But yeah. it's nice to see them taking those tropes and being like, fuck you. That's not right. We're going to do it our own way. <laughs> you know? Right. So now you've kind of seen that there are things that are associated with black men in films. So like they're criminals, they're pimps, they're always after the white lady. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, now you're seeing that same thing for black women. Like they're always kind of super sexualized. I mean, they're very rarely in leadership kind of roles or, right. you know, the protagonists and stuff like that. So what's really fun about the the different ones that they're mentioning is that they are the ones that broke the mold. Mm-hmm. And so it's neat to see the people talking about like, I like this one and this one meant so much to me because, you know, the women were in charge or whatever it right. was. So but they talk about Abby. Yeah. Another movie I have not seen, but is on my list. Yo, she, yeah. I believe she was like possessed by a sex demon, but she used her sexuality to kill men. Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. She was tearing into these men when you're like, fuck yeah, you were a girl. Mm-mm. It's interesting to me. Okay. I don't get it. I don't understand, I guess, why. I get why they sexualize men. I get, I guess, I guess I get why they do both. But they seem to over-sexualize everybody who's not white, Mm -hmm. which is interesting considering it's normally the white men that were like the raping and the killing. (laughs) But why? Why? What is that? Is it just a fear of? Some well, I know women being sexual. Period is, is right. terrifying to men in general. Well, what about to alleviate your guilt? You have to put, you know, kind of pressure on the victim. If you can, you know, mm. kind of do that, then it really it justifies their fault. You know, yeah. Oh so yeah. I think maybe that's part of it, but yeah, it still really has to do with that other part of this, like. The other is making waves for me in my easy peasy white life, I guess. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't like anyone. Let's just be honest. Uh, Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's progress, but it feels like one step forward, two steps back. So, well, I think we were making progress in general in the last, you know, five plus years. We started Mm -hmm. slipping back and we're back into the fifties. They also talk about Sugar Hill, which Sugar is, the main character and her neighborhood is under siege by, and I quote, corrupt white gangsters. And I thought, well, that's a, I mean, that's a redundant statement right there. Cause corrupt and gangster, I feel like just <laughs> it's given, right? Yeah. We were not talking about the Robin Hood of gangsters. <laughs> right. right. Mm-hmm. But she conjures voodoo, a voodoo God to mm-hmm. get revenge. She was portrayed as smart, powerful, sexy, However, they also say that it still shows, because the the voodoo god is Mm -hmm. played by a black man, and so it still shows him kind of lusting after the white woman. So they still have that trope in there. Can't get rid of all of them, apparently. Yeah, it'd be interesting to have known why they chose to do some of the things that they did. Like, you know, we're going to challenge some things, but we got to, you know, I guess we can't blow it all out of the water at once. We're just going to baby step it. I don't know. Well... I don't know. And and at one point, you know, we've we've discussed many times that women are 50% of the population and we have buying power, right? Yeah. Well, in this case, brown people are a large part of the population. They also have buying power. And so to be able to to put movies out there that they would want to see, you would make a lot of money, right? Forget the white people for 5 minutes. Even if you just cater to this this demographic, you would still do very well. But they just can't see that I don't know well I guess you know white men let's say let's are in control of everything Mm -hmm. 
they are making the story that they want to see. So how right, dare right. anyone else have, you know, oh, what do you what do you mean? They want to see a woman that's the hero or a brown <laughs> person that's the hero, right? Like, I mean, that didn't even occur to me as a white man. Mm-hmm. So I think that's sort of what they're playing against in all this. And so they talk about, like, even William Crane said, there was a lot of resistance to a lot of the things, you know, and it's just like, Jesus, it must be hard enough to write a movie that anybody wants to read and watch then get that movie made and then the production of that movie you're still struggling to get the details that you want and so Mm -hmm. I'm sure that they probably had to cave on some shit so maybe that's what we're seeing you know part of this like if they had had the ability to shoot it as they wanted to we would have seen Mm -hmm. something different but they only had the ability to make so many changes would be my guess I don't know I just think of how much better art and society might be had we allowed everyone to tell their stories. Yeah, I mean it's well that's maybe a story for a different day. Yeah. That you requires know? people to see something from someone else's perspective too and a lot of people aren't ready for that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. One movie they talked about that I was really fascinated with but sadly will never be able to watch was Ganja and Hess. Is it not available? No. So it's by Bill Gunn. Okay. Yep. There's only one copy, I believe, is in the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art. They discuss that in this, that you cannot get it. Now, they have a different edited version I think you could see, but I let's just say, first of all, Bill Gunn, when they did this movie, this is what I love the absolute most, apparently the producers were out of town, and they're like, listen, <laughs> we're all going to go up here, to like upstate New York or something, we're going to rewrite this the way we want it, and we're going to film it. Mm-hmm. And they did, and they like shot the whole movie without any kind of. It's like ask forgiveness, not permission. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and it was a vampire movie. And they discuss a couple of the academics of this discuss that it was really dealing with addiction, and they just kind of used blood as a metaphor yeah. for that. Yeah, and it was kind of had these like beautiful sweeping views, mm-hmm. and it was kind of artsy, like a bit of art. Yeah, house. yeah. So I think it'd be interesting to see the edited version. But now I'm like. What's in the unedited version? Why can't I see that? I'm grown folk. I know. Well, they said that this this movie got like a standing ovation in Cannes, right? At the mm-hmm. Cannes Film Festival. Mm-hmm. But then it got to Hollywood and they're like, hmm. <laughs> you have this brown man who's portrayed as educated yeah. and powerful and yes. wealthy. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know how we feel about that. <laughs> it, it's just, <laughs> so it never really went anywhere here. Right. But it it was recut and re-released as Blood Couple. Mm-hmm. So we might have to look and see. All right. All what right. That's about. But I really would love to see the original. Although they did say it was very kind of a slow, more cerebral movie. And sometimes, you know, I just, I, I'm now of the TikTok age. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I was like, is it going to be like a racer head, which I also don't want to see? Oh, so. <laughs> I do not want to see it. I know I'm the worst. And there are film snobs everywhere like, oh, well, you just don't understand the genius. Nope. And I don't, right, I, don't. I don't. Absolutely don't. <laughs> um, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Oh, they also talk about in this time frame that there were a lot of films that were dealing with medical procedures done on involuntary participants, right? Yeah, that especially considering that the Tuskegee experiment didn't end until like 1972. Yeah. And I guess in theory, they they could justify it like, oh, well, we weren't experimenting on them. You you were by not giving them any treatment. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And by the way, 
they already knew what would happen to people with untreated syphilis. So this was all for naught, basically. So, yeah. Yeah. People have known yeah. for like centuries. hundreds of years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've seen people go down that road. Yeah. But I was like, that was something that I had never considered. So specifically, they called out Blackenstein, which to my little pun, <laughs> love and heart. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde. Right. And I was like, <laughs> okay, calm down. Calm down with my <laughs> severe love of puns. So, yeah, that, you know, the people who were done, the, the the commenters were saying that this has always been a thing that they mm-hmm. fear. And, I mean, because it was done to them. Yeah, to have seen, you know, kind of have used some of those cultural fears in this was, mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of crazy. I mean, it hits home, right? It's Yeah. They, the medical industry doesn't have a good track record, especially oh, yeah. with people of different races other than white. Yeah. And so the Tuskegee experiment is just one of many. They weren't seen as human, right? That's what they they discussed. They weren't seen as human. Right. Their choices were taken away, which is, I mean, so really what that is about is fundamentally loss of control, right? You're not able to control what happens mm-hmm. to you. And I think that that is really probably resonates with quite a few people. But this is real. You know, for mm-hmm. people uh, that, you know, are not white, basically, is uh, I don't blame them at all. Because of some of these films become so, they get to the point of just so poorly represented, right? Mm-hmm. That you have civil rights groups who were protesting the black exploitation films. Because they're like, mm-hmm. listen, we appreciate that black people are in this, but this is not how we want to be seen. I get that. Yeah, and I mean, good for them to coming out and, you know, setting some boundaries, hopefully, or at least voicing their opinions, because that's part of this process, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we need to reassess, we need to redirect, Mm -hmm. we can't just let this go on unchecked, because again, it's being, you know, kind of what they talked about birth of a nation, like, if this is your only exposure to people that are different than you, you might believe that this is the only way that they really are. And so um, that's really something, I suppose it's human nature, but my God, like, yeah. Travel, people. Just travel. Like, that's really the answer to all of this. Go share a meal with somebody that's different than you. Yeah. I, know. I read somewhere, I want to say it was in, like, the Netherlands or Norway mm-hmm. or Finland, one of those Nordic countries there, that they have, as part of their libraries, you can, like, sit down with the person and just talk to someone you don't know, someone who's different from you, and just mm-hmm. kind of learn about them. And that's, I'm like, well, that's great. I mean, sadly, most people don't use libraries anymore, but... <laughs> If you did, if you have this option to just sit down and talk to someone who was nothing like you, then you would learn that you're probably still very similar. Well, everybody wants the same things, right? Like to be valued, to be respected, to be, you know, treated safe and find love and like good stuff for your kids and whatever. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. although we are somewhat different in how we go about doing those things, we're not that different. Right. You know, so that's why I was like, I think traveling and experiencing other cultures and other ways of doing things really only benefits you because then you're like, oh, sweet, you know, I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So I'm going to take my own advice starting any day now. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just waiting for the refund. I'm supposed to leave for Prague next week. And, oh, uh, yeah. It's really so sad jelly. that I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm not going, so. Well, this time you're not, but you've been some cool places. So. Yeah. One of these days when I get the kids out of the house, I'll be able to travel with you. Stupid kids. <laughs> So, so as we get into the 80s, they discuss things don't really get better. So what's mm-hmm. interesting is because the 70s and 80s really has this resurgence of horror. 
Mm-hmm. You have a lot of like think of the Nightmare on Elm Street, the Friday the Thirteenth. You had Sleepaway Camp. You had mm-hmm. all, just a lot of campy eighties horror movies. Yeah, but if there was a black person in the movie, they were generally the first to die. Yeah, and if they didn't die first, it's because they served a purpose. I love that they discuss. They had two amazing educators on. Mm-hmm. One was Robin Means Coleman, PhD, mm-hmm. who wrote the book that this was mm-hmm. all about. The other was Tanana Reeve Do, I think. She's an author and educator as well. But they would discuss things like if the black character survived, the purpose is generally this monster has to beat the black character. If this monster can defeat this big badass black character, then this monster right. is something to be trifled with, right? Yeah. They're truly terrifying. Yeah. I liked the fact that they had Rachel True in this as well, and she was in the craft, which my little sweet baby 90s heart really mm-hmm. loved. She looks amazing she still, does. doesn't she? She does. Damn, girl. And yeah, that there were very much kind of tropes for these people, like, right? So there was the sacrificial character, if you were African-American. There was the magical character, which I love the fact that they brought Ghost into that. Yes. So, I mean, like, those were the options for you. Yeah. You, you know, you served a purpose. You were there to help the white character get past whatever. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're sidekicks with right. the only job being to protect the white person. And so they kind of say that this might be reflective of kind of the Reagan era of, you know, black and brown people being demonized because they were... You know. They're portrayed as welfare queens. Yes. They're portrayed as yes. having crack babies. That's mm-hmm. that's what we saw on television growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And as we learned later, that was it was all propaganda. It was all bullshit. Yes. There was like a crack baby born. I don't know. It was some very tiny number, right? Right. And so there was a lot of political and social angst about a lot of these issues that were very misunderstood and very blown out of proportion and like turns mm-hmm. out it wasn't even a thing and right you know as as the worst white people ever where they just got like they just read like one headline and then just ran with it for years and um you know yep. didn't bother yep. to go into you know find out what the real issues were so yeah mm-hmm. it was interesting to listen to some of the actors talk mm-hmm. though that although they knew that they were being cast as you know, the sacrificial character, or whatever, mm-hmm. they were still happy to be working, right? So yeah. To be working as a black person in the industry in the 80s, but also to be in a horror movie in the 80s. I mean, that was just crazy. Yeah. So they were appreciative, but I don't, <laughs> I hate that they had to be appreciative to be in a movie just to get killed five minutes in. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's probably if you're a young actor, because I would say probably more young people are in horror films than other films, right? Like, right. Maybe you develop your dramatic chops later. In, but I mean, like, <laughs> they tend to be like, you know, young kind of up and comers. And probably mm-hmm. a lot of people at that age are like, oh, my God, I don't care what I have to do. I just want to get paid and get a credit to, you know, kind of maybe bolster my career for the next thing that I get into. And so, you know, I I can imagine that they were, they were like, yeah, this isn't really what I want to do, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I want to get to the next level. Right. And I love that some of them that they talked to, Mm -hmm. Loretta Devine, Mm -hmm. they talked to her as well. And she's in like hundreds of things. Everything. Yeah. And mostly acting like she does some voice work but when Mm -hmm. you see numbers like that Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's voice work right Mm -hmm. but no this is mostly acting with like just some voice work on the side I'm like girl you're in everything Mm -hmm. good for you 
you know? It just, looking up some of these people that I'm familiar with, but I very much was like, okay, what else have you done? Or what have you been in? It's like Keith David. He's in Creepshow. He he is a narrator for Nova. Yeah. Uh, That just endeared him into my heart even more. Mm -hmm. He played the cat in Coraline. He was in the thing, but mm-hmm. he's been in over 300 things because he's got such a distinct voice. He does a lot of voice work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these these people are amazing. All of these actors that were in here and directors and producers that were in this documentary discussing films. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really fun when they would talk about it. Oh, that one really scared me. Or, right. you know, that was really fun to see. Like, oh, like I kind of watched both of them in a variety of ways. You know, like they talked about Scammy and Crothers. Mm-hmm. Who I remember, of course, he was in The Shining. The and, Shining. Yeah, kind of the, he was the token character in that, you know, and he gets bites it at the end, right? But that was the frustrating thing, and they mm-hmm. discussed it too, is in the book, he didn't. That character didn't die yes. at the end. So it was unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that character also had a smaller part in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But it just, they used it in the movie as a, well, if you're going to kill them, then bad things are coming for the other characters too. Right, for foreshadowing or whatever you want to call that. I guess I feel like when he chased his wife into the bathroom with an axe, that that really lets me know that there's bad things happening. <laughs> it's not going well. This, yeah, I need to see this black man die. Yeah, yeah. I can pick up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. Scary music, that lets us know. Right. We don't need sacrificial people for that. We don't, we don't. But yeah, that's just out of control. Yeah. So moving into the 90s then. The Renaissance. Right. So there was some good stuff happening in the 90s. So they talked a little bit about people under the stairs. Terrifying. Yeah, they dis- it was. <laughs> they discussed Russ Craven a little bit. He's, he does a, a lot of horror. Right. And he tries to be fairly yep. representative. Yep. And the people under the stairs, he has a young black boy as the main character. Yep. Which was awesome. So Jordan Peele does some commentary in this. I wouldn't say narration. That's not the right way to look at it. But, no. you know, he talks about that that was such a huge deal that there was you know the black kid uh, was the lead in this and then also mm-hmm. the, this one talked a lot about a, there's a black fear of white spaces and I was like mm-hmm. all right and so then he talks about like leather and bondage and he's like that's some white people shit and that was so <laughs> funny I, I love that too I did too I just like Jordan Peele I would love to find a dominatrix and talk to them and be like okay what's your demographic right like, right what I'm telling what you, you got going on here I'm going to tell you right now, it's old white dudes. old white men. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 So then, oh my God, they talk about Candyman for forever. Yeah. Well, they have Tony Todd on there and he is Candyman and that movie was amazing. It It really was. It was absolutely terrifying. Mm -hmm. He's so intense, like just interviewing him, he like feels like an intense dude. Um, (laughs) Right. But they said he, you know, there was a lot of discussion about, like, when they were making it, everybody said to him, look, you're going to be Candyman forever. Forever. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a really good choice, a casting for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, it was good in some ways because he was the first supernatural killer, right? Black killer, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Some problems with it, though, because there was some discussion of why would he haunt poor black people they didn't kill him they right didn't take when, the, when the ancestors of the people who yeah. did lynch him right live right across the tracks so maybe a little bit of a plot hole there and then mm-hmm. old trope pops up that he's obsessed with a white lady 
yes, I don't agree with the trope itself. Right. But because the story was based, so they rewrote it, right? This is based off of a short story by Clive Barker. Which I also think had to, I love. You know what I mean? Clive Barker. Clive Barker, yep. yeah. But he's English, right? So I mm-hmm. think it had more to do with class mm-hmm. differentials in mm-hmm. his story. I've not read it. But when they changed the main character to be black, they had an interracial conflict. So mm-hmm. he falls in love with a white woman. The rest of society gets upset and they lynch him, cut off his hand, all these horrible things. And he mm-hmm. comes back as a supernatural killer. So it makes sense that he would still be lusting after the white woman since that's how he got in this position to begin with. Right. For the storyline. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the trope itself is still there. Yeah. So I think it really resonated with a lot of people. There were some really good things about it. But, you know, I like the fact that they were like, yeah, except, you know, it wasn't all we had hoped for. (laughs) Baby steps, right? Baby steps. They discuss that in the early 90s, you start to see a lot more black filmmakers come out. Mm -hmm. This is the age of Spike Lee, too, and and all that. John Singleton. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They talk about Death by Temptation, which I've never heard of, but I have to watch now. Agreed. It's a bit of a biblical horror movie. So Mm -hmm. it's about a kid who wants to be a minister and then he goes to visit somebody in the big city and then there's a temptress involved and, you know, the (laughs) the kid's trying to decide, am I going to go to heal? Yeah, heal. Or am I going (laughs) to, you know, stick to my roots? So there's a, that's the conflict there. Again, I haven't seen it, but it looked pretty bitching. A tale of morality, if you will. Yes. Yes. They talk about Tales from the Hood, which is a movie I love. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting about Tales from the Hood, a couple of things, is that it's written and directed by a black man Mm -hmm. for the black community, right? Right. They take real life horrors and turn them into horror stories where the character gets a little bit of retribution, which I love. Get some comeuppance, which I also love. Yeah. Yes. They're like, listen, you got a racist politician. This MF is going down. Yeah. By tiny terror dolls. Those little dolls. And they picked such a great guy to be the horrible white politician. I'm like, oh. He does does really well. (laughs) They talk about violence in the home, Mm -hmm. which, so they cast David Allen Greer, who was a comedian on In Living Color, right? Yeah. I mean, and he was famous for like Boomerang and all kinds of great movies. But being funny. Yeah. And then he's an abusive dad in this. I mean, well, an abusive stepdad. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which one is hard to watch, Yeah, but it was also brilliantly done because if you think about it, this is someone that out on the street you would see and you'd be like, Oh, he's cool. We know him. He's just such a good guy. Mm-hmm. But then behind closed doors, he's a completely different person. Yeah. So I I'm thought not... that was brilliant casting. I haven't seen this movie. <gasps> I know. I know, deficit in my education. But watching him beat the shit out of that lady was really uncomfortable. Yeah. And so, and that's what it's supposed to be. That's what it should be. You know, you're trying Mm -hmm. to accurately depict, you know, and this poor little kid is watching. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I agree that it was brilliantly done because, again, you've seen this guy in movies. You've seen this guy on the street. You think you know him, but you don't. So, right. The one thing that I would question about this movie is the one about gangs. So one of the stories is about this gang member, this young black guy who sees a rival gang member, stops, gets out of his car and shoots him, which then makes other people come out of their house and Mm -hmm. shoot him, which makes this whole big to do. So he ends up in prison and then he gets offered a chance 
at kind of rehabilitation or to get out, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll take it, whatever. But what ends up happening is they end up doing some kind of experimentation on him. So they're trying to, the whole point is for him to see that you are a black man killing other black men. You're just as bad as white men killing black men. But it seems like involuntary medical experimentation (laughs) done by a black woman on a black man. And Mm -hmm. so I was a little taken aback by that. I was, let me rephrase that. I was surprised that they did that. But yeah, it's it's interesting. All the stories are interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I have not seen, because they have Tales from the Hood 2 and 3 that just recently came out in the oh, last wow. I don't know, okay. five years or so. And I haven't seen them, but I think they're done by the same director. So gotcha. I need to go check those out now. Yeah. They also mentioned Eve's Bayou. Yes, which I wouldn't have necessarily put in the horror genre. So that was really interesting to me. Yeah, it kind of goes along with what you were saying about real life horrors Mm -hmm. instead of like supernatural which I liked but the beauty of this one is that it's directed by Casey Lemons who is also a black black woman Mm -hmm. yeah so I want to go watch that again it's been a while since I've seen it it's probably been over 20 years right yeah it's been so long and it was so good Mm -hmm. and and you're right there is some supernatural in it but not as far as like the scary part is from life Right. Which is generally how it works. Yes. In my opinion, that's what makes something really scary. So if you look at what made Halloween scary, it was because you had a human Mm -hmm. in a safe white suburban neighborhood (laughs) killing people. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And that's what made it horrible is Mm -hmm. because, oh, this could happen. Well, you can talk yourself out of being afraid of the leprechaun. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, that one doesn't get me. Yeah, but I agree with you. Like, when you have a good story where there's just enough truth to be like, oh, fuck. Right? You know, there are mental hospitals, and there are people who really cannot be just violent for violence sake. Mm-hmm. And that feels like a bigger threat to me in my comfy life than, mm-hmm. you know, awakening whatever the fuck that was in Jeepers Creepers. You know what I mean? So... Jeepers Creepers is the one that always I think of when I think it started out terrifying. When I thought a human was dumping bodies that it had killed, and then you find out it's a monster, I'm like, oh, that's not so scary. Isn't that the one that hunts you by smell? (laughs) I would think all monsters could hunt you by smell, but yeah, I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah, I laughed so hard at the end scene where that guy's face is just hanging out. What the fuck's his name? (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about at the end of Jeepers Creepers? Justin Long, the, the yeah. kid? Yeah. Okay. So. Anyway. And that's the most you're going to get out of me from that's that okay. movie. That's okay. You I... answered the question, so that's how we're almost <laughs> one whole complete person. Right. So. Okay. Then we talk about Demon Knight. So I remember seeing this in the movie theater. Okay. For a couple of reasons. One, I love horror. And two, I was in love with Billy Zane. <laughs> and honestly, who wasn't? Come I mean... He's definitely lookable, let's be honest. Very much so. But it also has a young Jada Pinkett Mm -hmm. who they cast in this part. And, you know, they talk about how, oh, you know, the powers that be didn't want to cast a brown girl in that Mm -hmm. part. And they're like, no, we have to cast her. And going into the movie, you assume she's going to die fairly quickly because, you know, she's the black girl. Mm -hmm. But not only does she survive, she fucking saves humanity. She's the hero. Yeah. And so it kind of turned everything on its tables, Mm -hmm. and it was completely unexpected at the time, Mm -hmm. and I love that. Yeah. 
This is one I'm going to have to see again too cuz I it's been a it's been a long time. It also has uh who was the guy who played Did you ever watch Wings? Yes. Do you remember the mechanic? Yes. And I cannot tell you his name. I can't either and John loves him as an actor. Thomas Hayden Church. Yep, that's, that's it. One. Yep. It has Thomas Hayden Church in it. Mm-hmm. And because the only other thing I had seen him in at the time I think was Wings, I saw him as this oafy, doofy <sighs> kind of and he was not, he was kind of a dick in this movie. And I was yeah. like, whoa, dude, you need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all I remember of the movie is those three people. I'm sure there were more people, but it was good. Yeah. So that was sort of the introduction of the final girl, right? Was the new, was, I don't know, something that was introduced in the 90s. I think it's been around before that. Mm-hmm. You have, even in the 80s, you have the idea of the final girl, the one that survives. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think in the 90s, it was finally allowed to be a black girl. Yeah. Prior to that, it was never allowed to be a black girl. Yeah. And then you start seeing more black characters, Mm -hmm. more female black characters that actually are more than just sidekicks. They might have a little bit of depth to them. Yeah. (laughs) I talk about at the turn of the century, this might be my favorite ever, they added hip hop. So (laughs) just as Z. (laughs) They just (laughs) talk about that and I was crying up. Blood versus wolves <laughs> is on my list. I have got have to, to watch go through that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you add Z to the end, you know it's going to be awesome. That's all I got to say. Can we tell the little quick uh, snippet of the movie Bones, which I have not seen? Bones. I don't know that it has a Z on that one. This is the one with Snoop's in it, and he's played like a pimp or gangster or something, and he's in there with Pam Greer. And he gets to kiss Pam Greer, and they, like, we're talking about, they called Cut, and Snoop was blushing. (laughs) I grew up, like, fantasizing about Pam Greer, and I just thought that was adorable. And I don't always think of Snoop as adorable. Like, he's a rapper. He's got the snizzle thing going. And I love that (laughs) about, you know, he just seems like the coolest human being. And to hear that he got rattled from a kiss from a girl is the cutest thing Mm -hmm. I've ever heard. So he is kind of adorable, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that he's been married to the same woman since like high school, like they've been together since high school or something. Yeah. I, I, I think that you're correct in that. Like he plays this badass in the end. He's right? probably like, she probably wears the pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, if she does, I hope they fit because I'm always worried that he's going to lose his drawers. Yeah, he's, he's no bun. It's probably it's probably hard for him to find something that fits very well. I have to get it tailored. Yeah. Anyway, our side done. I just thought that was a really cute story. <laughs> it's like, oh, it was so cute. And you're right, it doesn't have a Z on it. Mm-hmm. It's just regular old bones. Sorry, guys. I know now that sounds I just boring. Just, <laughs> I know. I mean, with Snoop in it, you assume there was a Z. Yeah. They talk about Ice Cube being an anaconda, and I totally remember that. Such a horrible movie, but I still love it. Well. They also, like, they did, they showed some clips from stuff like Blade, which I was like, oh, I loved Blade. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that movie. So, yeah, it was just, it was a fun walk down memory lane because I remember a lot of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to see a lot of them in the yeah. theater. Yeah. They did talk about a movie that I had never heard of, but it's an English movie. It's called Attack the Block. Yes. It's got, is it John Bagoya? Is that his name? The guy from Star Wars. Okay, I didn't catch that either. Um, but the, yeah, that made my list of stuff. I might have to see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me look it up and make sure, because I'm pretty sure okay. that's his last name. Boyega. See, I like switch letters. John Boyega. So it's a story about a working class like youth in London. It's this group of kids. 
And the aliens invade their neighborhood mm-hmm. and they fight back and they win. And John Boyega, who plays like the main character, is like a hero. Mm-hmm. It looks like such a good movie. I have not seen it, but it looks amazing. Yeah, the special effects look really good in it. And mm-hmm. I liked the idea of like who can, who turns out. It's those fucking kids that save the yeah, day. The, right? the black kids yeah. save the day. Let's be honest. In the end, when it comes down to it, if there were like some kind of evasion... I don't think the white kids would would survive very well. <laughs> I know I would not survive because I can't outrun shit. So no, yeah, I would eat a poison berry and be dead. I'd kill myself <laughs> accidentally. I'd just trip. Jeez. I'd just trip over something and they get me. So oh god, mm-hmm. I know that's all women in horror movies, right? <laughs> I will go back to make sure it's dead. Yeah, let's do that. Right. Uh, they also talk about the girl with all the gifts. Mm-hmm. I read this book and it was an amazing book. Okay. And then I saw the movie and it was an amazing movie. It was slightly different, of course, mm-hmm. because it's a different perspective sure. right, on the same material. And they cast a brown girl as the main character. Mm-hmm. And she did brilliant. But have you seen it? I haven't. Okay. It's essentially kind of like a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that's kind of what I picked up from the doc, too. Mm-hmm. But it's it's different because a lot of zombie apocalypse are fairly similar the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. This one was different. And so she was a character that was kind of a zombie, but she was kind of like a sentient. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But what's interesting is they talk about how these people, the zombies kind of represent white people and having the black girl as the main character really represents our fear of losing dominion. Interesting. Okay. Again, I did not see it that way at all, but I'm like, oh, I get it now. Right. I'm just that dense. You just have to, t- you have to spoon feed me some of this stuff. I mean, I don't think you should beat yourself up for not getting it. And <laughs> you're looking at it through your lens. And so when somebody changes your lens, you'll see it differently, mm-hmm. but you're not, you're not resisting it. You're not saying, no, that's not right. I mean, I think that's really where the problem comes in. You know, right. Not, you're like, oh, I'm open to learning new things. Yeah, if you're presented with new information and you still can't change your viewpoint, that's not good. Yeah. But I recommend seeing the movie. It's amazing. Okay. I also recommend reading the book, and there's a sequel to the book. Okay, nice. You know I'm always into uh, a really good book. You have good recommendations. I will say that. <laughs> Shape that. But they talk about into the 2000s that they shifted from being just kind of this sidekick or whatever to mm-hmm. kind of being the hero. Mm-hmm. And then they discuss Get Out. Yeah. Holy shit. That movie's amazing. It really is. And terrifying. It is terrifying. Right? I'm the white person, and I'm just like, oh, shit. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think for such a long time, you don't know what's going on. And I'm right. like, what is this? You can obviously see it's, it's done in such a way that you, I think it's very engaging because you're like, what is it? I Nobody knows, right? Something's not right. Yes. But they can't really pinpoint what it is, right? Yeah, there's something, but I don't know what. And this character's like, the fuck is this? (laughs) No. And then when you find out what it actually is, it's so much worse than you thought it was. Never, never would have gone there. No. And also, can we say, we all find out that this is Jordan Peele. Now, we know Jordan Peele from Key and Peele. Yeah. And he's funny and silly <laughs> and that's not this movie. So I think it took us even with the previews mm-hmm. it, it was just all of us were like, 
Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Really uncomfortable. That is rough. Yeah. And so good. So good. Just the way it's done. There are some parts that are like, oh, yikes. I love that in this documentary, we have some commentary. And one woman said, one of the actresses in another movie, she was like, my favorite part was when the maid was like smiling and crying at the same time. Yes. Okay. That dichotomy is just hard to process, right? Yeah. But then the the guy sitting next to her is like, my favorite part was when he was kicking their ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Jordan Peele discusses it. He's like, first of all, he wrote the movie, but didn't think he'd be able to direct it. And then yeah. they let him direct it. And he was like, okay, this is not for white people. If you enjoy it, awesome. Mm-hmm. But it was specifically made for black people. And if they don't get it, then I failed. Yeah. He was like, I did a movie that I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. He's done movies since then. Right. So, yeah. And I like that. It's always from the mind of Jordan Peele. And I'm like, no one has ever earned that statement more than Jordan Peele. Because now we're like, oh, shit, what are you giving us I now? know. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, what's it going to be? <laughs> it's almost, listen, it's almost like saying from the mind of Stephen King, right? Yeah. Because you know it's going to be amazing. Now, I'm afraid of that. <laughs> I'm not a huge Stephen King fan when it comes to books. Mm-hmm. But I'll watch the movies because they're usually succinct. But I'd read a Jordan Peele book if he decided yeah, to write one. I liked, too, that they talked some about this. So this was a, the political atmosphere was very, this is switching over from between Obama and Trump. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of, like, general, like, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what else you would say, but because people were concerned. You know, Trump's got not the best rep. So. Well, it had, it had become socially acceptable to be racist again, I guess. And on one hand, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's fucking horrible. On the other hand, as we've discussed in the past, the novelty is, is now I know who I need to cut out of my life, right? You've openly come out as a horrible person that you are hiding very well. You've shown me your true colors. And now it's all over Facebook. And so (laughs) it's there for posterity and you can't go back. I never said that. Please, please. Yes, you did. Check you later. So again, it hits on some big stuff. There's experimentation in this there's an auction in this not great (laughs) i also like the fact that they talked about there's no white savior in this at all there's nobody that's white that's redeeming even though you're like oh nope nope they're they're all horrible (laughs) not a single good white person horrible yep yep but that's okay that's what is needed that's what they needed to see Mm -hmm. and they discuss it because at the end when Chris leaves the house, you see the shit. red and blue lights and you're like, shit, now he's going to get. And this this was right around the time that it was really coming to light. Um, police brutality, a lot more. Right. This has always been going on. Right. But now we're there's seeing more discussion more. about it. There's more news coverage about it. People's awareness has yes. been. It's dawning on people that this is a thing yeah. instead of like, you know, brown people trying to tell us right. about it and us being like, no, it's not. So. Yeah, you're right. It's you're dawning on white people um, that this is a thing. Yeah, and so even even me seeing that, it's like, oh, they're taking to prison, which was right, equally not a, a satisfying ending. <laughs> yeah, when it comes out that it's not the cops, that it was another brown man coming, it, it was like, oh, it was such a relieving kind of satisfying ending. Yes, it felt just yes to me. Like it's like 
he didn't deserve any of this horrible right. treatment, and now maybe he's got a chance to go and, you know, have a life mm-hmm. and live a little bit instead of being killed or thrown in the big house or right. whatever. So, and yeah, so I liked the fact, too, that they were talking about audiences of all races when some of the people in the documentary had been in the theaters, everybody responded in the same ways. Like the white people were showing empathy towards the, you know, the lead in this movie where it was really black audiences that had been asked to do the same for white forever in movies yes. for a really long time. It's sort of what that's was the discussion mm-hmm. in this. So, I mean, that was really nice. Cause like I said, it's an amazing story. And if you are not, if you are not like, on the edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah, put your phone down and watch the fucking movie. Oh, Um, so Well, he got, Jordan Peele got an Oscar for the script, right? I mean, it was one of the first times I think, well, as a black man that got a a script writing Oscar, Mm -hmm. but also that a horror movie probably got an Oscar for a script, Mm -hmm. which kind of validated the genre in general. Right. So Silence of the Lambs got an Oscar back in the the day. For the script or for the movie itself? Oh, okay. sorry for the yeah. movie itself. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's not, it doesn't really show up at the Oscars very often. It is fair. And I think it was pretty surprising for Silence mm-hmm. of the Lambs as well. Oh, yeah. But they talk about, thanks to this movie, one, the horror genre has been validated. It's it's real. It's not just mm-hmm. some campy side thing. People really do like it. Mm-hmm. And it can be a real, you know, thought-provoking movie. Mm-hmm. And then that some scripts are being changed to be Black-led like scripts that are originally written mm-hmm. for white characters. And that's what needs to happen more. Add more people of color, add more women. We we mm-hmm. will pay to see it. I will pay to see a movie that doesn't have a white woman in it. I'm okay with that. I've seen enough Absolutely. white women. <laughs> Trust me. I know a lot of white women. I yeah. don't watch them. No, I'm seeing the same thing every day. Yeah. Right. But they discuss, you know, there are so many stories that can be told. And brown people have stories to tell and white people will go see it. We will go see it. So allow them to tell their stories. Right. That was one of the things with Eve's Bayou. They had discussed that this is a brown woman who's saying, listen, my story is valid. You have a story to tell. Mm -hmm. Also, don't be afraid. Make sure you tell your story. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that's kind of where we leave off on this one, isn't it? Yeah. This is, I don't know. I really enjoyed this documentary. Like, I've liked most of the ones we've done, but this one's a standout for me. I thought it was really awesome. I agree. I don't think that us discussing it did it nearly the justice. I think oh, absolutely everyone not. needs to go watch it. And then I think everyone mm-hmm. needs to go watch these movies that we've discussed. And also yes. other movies made by Black creators. Mm-hmm. There's just so much more coming out that there's no excuse mm-hmm. not to go see it. Yeah, I think it'd be nice if we took away from this, like, let's be open to hearing different Mm -hmm. stories. You know, you're educational, but also entertaining. I mean, it doesn't always have to be, you know, gloom and doom and and all that kind of stuff. That's probably going to be part of this discussion, but I'm really excited to go and see some of this. This was about black horror, right? So horror is generally doom and gloom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, in general. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see movies that are... That are about my life. I live my life every day. It's boring. I want to see other people's lives. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I want to come in and see somebody else save the day. For, for whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. It's, so. That's what makes it interesting. Yeah. It's escape, an escape from my mm-hmm. life to escape into someone else's and care about someone else's life. Mm-hmm. 
that's what makes yeah. a good story. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So anyway, two thumbs up from, from this Aaron. <laughs> two thumbs up from this Aaron as well. It was, <laughs> I was so excited the first time I watched it and I couldn't talk to you about it. And I was like, mm. I know that's, that's how you know it's good for us. Cause we're like, don't talk about it. You can't clean. I know we're at lunch and I'm just like, I really liked it. That's all, that's all I, I know. Like, did you watch mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Did you watch it? Yep. And then we have to change the subject or we'll get all yeah. of this stuff out. Yeah, it was fun. So please go and check that out if you haven't already. All right. So next week, we're doing Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. I have big hopes for that. Well, I haven't seen it yet. Right. What's interesting is there was a, I think, a Netflix show that they did, like a, a dramatization of this. And I'm excited to see the documentary about it. So this was done in 2017. I think it's on Netflix. I think it was done on Netflix. I'm not sure. We'll have to look and see okay. where we can find it. But Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. It's going to be amazing. Woo woo. Okay. So we'll ask you to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, you can find us on the interwebs at in Instagram and Twitter at Go Doc Yourself. So yeah, this was a good one today. I enjoyed it. Me too. All right. Until next time. Later, y'all. Bye. 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 It's